Welcome to our brand new show It's not that complicated so listen close We'll go through IMDB Reviewing all of an actor's movies Blank spank, blank spank Blank spank, blank spank Blank spank, blank spank Blank spank Jamie, I'm going to need you to start singing Silent Nights. Just do it like you're a caroler or something. Uh, Silent Night. Dear listeners. Holy Night. I want you to imagine me standing outside your front door. I'm holding up some cue cards. There are words written on it. The first card reads, Say it's the boys. They want to crack open a cold one. In heavenly you take a sip from your cold one at the front door. It's COVID. You can't hang out inside. Sleep or you can, because Boris did nothing. But don't worry, you're being sensible. You have a drink of your cold one. Do the second cue card comes down. Yes, Jamie, keep on singing, don't worry. The second cue card comes down. It says, guys, I have some news for you. It drops down. I proposed to my girlfriend last week. The card drops down. Just wanted to say that. Thank you very much. Merry Christmas. It drops down again. Oh, shit. The next card drops. What is this? The last card drops. We have to watch the Polar Express again? The final card falls to the floor. There are only two verses. Am I done now? Can we restart this? Can. Okay. No, I'm quite enjoying I thought that was going very well. Oh, what, what, okay. were, what, were, your, what were your issues? My <laughs> issues were Alyssa came in and it threw me off. I hate to say this, Liz. You threw me uh, off. This I know. It. Your brand new, brand new fiancé, first action your fiancé gets on the podcast is being put on blast for interrupting you during yeah. your absolutely impeccable nothing wrong with it no issue smooth as fuck uh, intro absolutely perfect intro it was super romantic for the boys all right you know everyone Mm -hmm. needs to crack open a cold one every now and then uh virtually over a podcast in the most healthy way uh one person can crack open a cold one these days (laughs) uh and and this romantic moment was stolen from me by my partner being helpful (laughs) <laughs> All right, what is this? What is this awfulness of having a helpful partner uh, who is very useful? I I apologize to all you listeners, except for a listener who will be listening to this in 2025. <laughs> and with that, as Alyssa gracefully leaves the room, uh, fiance or not, she does not deserve to be here because it's important, Al. Because hello and welcome to Blank Spank season, whatever the Hang Spank version. It's Christmas special time. I'm Jamie Luxton, and with me, as always, is my co-host Al Gillespie. Say hello, Al. Jamie, I'm recording from Toronto. All right, so <laughs> here we say, all right, hey, how you doing? I'm Al. They're copying okay. Toronto, Jamie. Okay, I was going to say. 
Okay, good to know, good to know. Uh, and you have already referenced, of course, we have cracked uh, uh, open a cold one for the boys, uh, as it is Christmas time, but also, beneficially, you are recording in Toronto for the first time, which mm. means the time difference is slightly less cumbersome, meaning we can record at, like, evening time for me and a reasonable time for, to be drinking for you. I don't know what that time is currently, so I don't wish to... I'm, I'm hoping it's a reasonable time, but just listeners, assume it's a reasonable time. It's like um, lunchtime. It's like 1.44 here. All perfect. right, you know, perfect. it's great. Now, here's what I have to say, Jamie. I'm recording this off about two hours sleep as I took a nice. red eye at 11 o'clock last night, which came in about six o'clock local time here. So I am nice. uh, feeling crisp. My brother came in one day earlier than expected. We expect him to come in tomorrow. So the first person in my family to arrive in Toronto other than me was meant to come at six. I did not get any time I thought to sleep as my brother came in at 11 o'clock this morning, which is very lovely. Fantastic. Uh, and now you're loose. neglecting him. Jamie. When was the last time you saw your brother? Oh, two years ago, Jamie. Two years, two years ago. ago. We're recording two years ago. Hello, hi, So, hello. yeah. <laughs> two, years, two years break. Brother comes in a day early. Nice surprise. Oh, hello, brother. Sorry. Gotta go to an elaborate Love Actually reference while I crack open a beer. See oh, you in a couple of hours. We've got to make sure this uh, lasts as long as possible. All right. You know, did he come through the door and say we've got to crack one open? No, he did not. All right. So, disappointing all around. Uh, you know, the entire team has let me down here, really. Uh, um, I can say that my brother arrived home yesterday. Um, I had I'd seen him much more recently than your brother, but we did mm. immediately go to the pub like the boys should. We know how it's done, Al. You and your brother need to step it the fuck up. <laughs> we went to a pub. We sat outside like good COVID fearsome people that we are because <laughs> Al, Al, I... Uh, I, I, we, we discussed it on our last episode. Oh, well, dear listeners uh, who listened to last week's episode may have heard reference that we were going to uh, double record um, back to back. Uh, we have not ended up doing that. Hence why Al has been able to have so much news. His, his news of his uh, fiance, his news of, um, uh, of his brother arriving, his movement to a different Canadian city. Um, but I also have news, Al, because on last week's episode, uh, we did discuss that uh, I had escaped the plague house. Uh, that all the members of my fa- of my uh, flat yes. had all caught COVID, and I had managed to evade it, only to go mm. to my osteopath a couple of days later. Sit there, going, this man has quite a sore throat. I feel feel like maybe. I mean, I, he's the medical professional. Don't feel like I can go, uh, excuse me, mate, should you be here? But uh, lo and behold, Alexander, the next morning, of course, I did receive an email from my osteopath saying, I have just tested positive. Please do uh, keep yourself safe. And I hope I haven't passed it on to you. And so, All Alexander, right, right. I have news. Yeah. Oh, no. That I'm fucking Teflon, baby. I've been oh. exposed twice and I'm still testing negative. <laughs> fucking ship me off to the CDC. I'm a medical marvel over here. I was convinced uh, that your osteopath was doing unethical tests on you, Jamie, while you weren't looking, <laughs> was just drawing your blood and be like, make, make sure this don't have no COVID in it. <laughs> so I thought when you said I got COVID in this email, I was like, wow, that's uh, that's really depressing. But no, I'm I'm very happy. Jamie, yep. uh, you know, apparently you've just developed an immunity to it. Uh, so like in the uh, Last of Us Part 2, as we discussed, or the Last of Us Part 1, as we discussed last week, Jamie, uh, they're going to have to extract your brain. Okay, uh, and so and so, of course, you are going to go on a murderous rampage to ensure that uh, my body is not sacrificed to science. I hope. Uh, I mean, Jamie, look, as everyone's uh, problematic fave, okay, <laughs> I can guarantee uh, not only that I will save you from the dangerous clutches of science, 
uh, who, uh, wait a second, who'd want to believe that it's your body, your choice. Not your body, you're not your choice. Uh, it's your body, your choice. You should get to decide. They should ask you before they extract your brain. Why does this never, like, not, it's not a plot hole, but it's weird. They're not like, hey, look, you can save humanity. You just have to sacrifice yourself. They don't say that to her. This is weird. All right, no. I'll throw it on there. Weird. Uh, uh, we did enough Last of Us chat last week. Uh, I do want to ask you, uh, are you willing to tell the story of your engagement um, uh, on this podcast? Uh, because I do think it is a sweet story, but also then I want to give you shit for it. Ooh, ooh, ooh. You don't Here's have to. Thing. You don't have to. Here's no, the thing. You don't have to. Uh, no. <laughs> for those in the know, uh, please ping me and I will tell you it personally. Uh, but fair for, enough. But 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 my consult has said uh, I should keep this uh, under wraps uh, for now. Okay, so fair I, enough, fair I'm enough. Well, well I'm, I think you're only doing that so I don't give you shit for it. But uh, I've already given you shit for it uh, privately, uh, so uh, that will have to remain between us. Uh, I don't get to double dip on my mocking. Um, and so with that, Al, I think uh, we must get on to, of course, our. Um, our Christmas duty. Uh, this is now our third Christmas special, uh, wherein we will, of course, be reviewing once more The Polar Express, the seminal 2004 Tom Hanks classic, um, and perhaps the most um, creepy-looking movie you have oh. ever seen. Yeah, uh, sh- Should we, we just dive into it, talk a, talk a can, little bit? Can, there can, there can, are... F- we, yep. We in the past year, Jamie. We, in addition to having reviewed, uh, uh, of course, having now rewatched um, uh, the Polo Express, we also importantly watched Hoodwinks. Uh, yes. You know, which do we think is a creepier looking movie? I just want to ask this off the bat. Which is the scarier um, looking kids film? Uh, scarier looking I think is Polar Express. I think Polar yeah. Express is more uncanny. It makes me more uncomfortable. Hoodwinked is worse the animation is lower quality but it's low enough quality that it just looks janky and fun and weird whereas this Mm. looks distinctly uncomfortable um and we can start right there on one thing that i think we have talked about before but i in in preparing um for this and and looking back uh, on some more information about the polo express uh i wanted to really hone in on something that we probably have discussed but i want to bring it up again that this is an adaptation of a book And people might not know why this adaptation is in all CG. Uh, And that's because when Tom Hanks acquired the rights in 1999, um, one of the conditions of the sale of the rights was that it would not be an animated movie. The people who held the rights or the writer, I don't know who it was, but whoever made that deal did not want it to be an animated movie. And so they sort of circumvented that by making it a CG movie, which is not mm-hmm. technically an mm-hmm. animated movie. And I really have to just say, I think that's a real dick move. Yeah. I think it's really not in the spirit of what was being agreed. No. Jamie, here's my thing, all right? And, and, and look, it's important I watch this every time around. This film would be infinitely better live action. Like, I was thinking about this It today. would also they just should... be a lot more expensive. <laughs> Sure, but I think nowadays, right? Like, I would much prefer to see a live-action version of this, bring Tom Hanks back, all right? I would know? agree. I, I um, think it'd be fun. Uh, no, no. Would, I, have Timothy Al, Chalamet as the hero boy. <laughs> no, what we need, Al, is yeah. a combination of the original pitch for this movie and mm-hmm. a live-action version. Because we've also discussed this before. The original pitch for this movie had Tom Hanks playing every single that character. Is true. That so is true. So we need live-action every single character Tom Hanks. And I want mm-hmm. him doing his best impression of Janky 2004 CG and trying to make it a shot-for-shot remake. I, Jamie, I don't know if we've talked about this before. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, and it, uh, maybe this is going to be more of a freewheeling discussion uh, than last time. I don't know. We may go through this plot by plot. I, we've seen of course we will. Of course so, we will. Of course. Don't <laughs> worry. But I want to throw off the bat. You know, I, I was thinking about the beginning of this film. Okay. Yeah. The film begins uh, as all garbage films uh, do, uh, namely with Tom Hanks uh, talking over some terrifying CGI of a sleeping boy. Uh, it is uh, America. The time is maybe the 1950s, maybe the 1960s. I don't know. I wasn't alive back then. The past always looks the same to me. Uh, Tom Hanks' little boy, who is himself, which is confusing, because Tom Hanks, although he plays every character in this movie, I think does the motion capture for every character in this movie, uh, does not do the voices for the child, it is confusing. It's him, he's in the future, he's talking about himself. Uh, no, because of course the, the motion capture for, for Hero Boy is Josh Hutchison from the um, uh, Hunger Games series. Here's my thing. Is it, or is it just the voice? I think it's just the voice no, is done by him. The motion no, capture is done by Tom vo- Hanks, isn't it? No, the voice is not okay. <laughs> Josh Hutchison. The what? voice, and you've brought me on to something I did want to discuss, which I did not realise. The voice is Daryl Sabara. And Daryl Sabara, people may not know the name, but you definitely recognise him because he's the main boy from Spy Kids. And I went down a hole about Daryl Sabara because not only did I learn that he is the voice, that the main kid from Spy Kids is also Hero Boy in this, which firstly, complete revelation to me. This is my third time watching this movie. feel like I should know this. I also learned that the kid from Spy Kids is now married with children to Megan Trainer. And what? I learned on top of that, Alexander, that three years ago in 2018, Daryl Sabara and Megan Trainer were caught walking out of a sex shop with an entire bag full of dildos wearing toe shoes. And honestly, the Ooh. toe shoes is the most upsetting part of that because you don't get to walk out of a sex shop with dildos wearing the most unfuckable shoe wear. I so think... this is this is the most important yeah, thing to like, me. This look, is what I went down a rabbit hole on. That, that's my thing, right? Like, I'm not here to kink shame. You want to you wanna buy some marital aids with your partner? Absolutely fine. No shame there. You know what there is shame in, though, Jamie? Wearing toe shoes. There's always shame in wearing Absolutely. toe shoes. Absolutely. 100%. Okay, so so what we know, right? This this little anyway, spy so, kid, this this yeah. kid who steals secrets, uh, has a file, and this is where my unfortunate thesis for this rewatching of this movie has come through, right? He okay. opens up the file, and in the file, of course, as we all know, having seen this film at least three times now, dear God, yeah. how many times will we watch this film? In this file is a collection of right wing propaganda, specifically <laughs> where the film begins to lay blame of children losing faith in Santa Claus. On the unions, all right. When there is a Wait, newspaper I don't clip, remember this. There is a newspaper clip which says, "San, sorry, uh, department stores, department store, Santa Clauses." Oh strike. yes, yes, the the Santa, yes, the Santas go walk, go on strike. Yeah, um, and that's. Uh, but yes, so so absolutely. Firstly, have not realised that before. This is a vicious right wing movie. Don't like it. Abhorrent. Yeah. However. It is also at this point that one of my favourite details of this movie happens, which is after that, he goes to an encyclopedia and goes to North Pole and, like, draws a circle around the word uninhabitable. And he does this smirk, like, got you now, Santy baby. Uninhabitable, I know what that means. So, so this this happens at this point. This leads me to my thesis that I'll discuss yep. as the film goes on. That there are a lot of weird, hidden right wing messages in the film okay. The Polar Express, uh, and I don't like any of them, Jamie. I don't like this 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 bizarre, you know, Jeff Bezosian nightmare of a film. Okay, can I? I'm 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 willing to listen to uh, to this all the way through because I, I think you sure. may be correct. However, 
I would like to make a counter argument. Yeah. Which is that all Christmas movies are right wing. That inherently the messaging behind Christmas movies are often very conservative in their ideals. Whoa. I want to talk to you about a little radical movie called It's a Wonderful Life. You know what happens in It's a Wonderful Life? All right. First Man of all, loses his job, I think. No, 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 no. Okay, you monster. I have, have not seen, seen this movie. Life? Okay, I have okay. Not. So it's a wonderful life. I'm going to read this for everyone who hasn't seen it. It's great. But the basic concept is this: George Bailey, all right, small man, wants to go travel the world. His dad runs a small kind of um, you know ha- housing, building, savings and loan business. It's not a bank, Jamie. It's just a small thing which a local neighbourhood can invest in, and it helps reinvest that money into building houses that people can live in. Does that sound kind of familiar to you? That's right, Jamie. That's communism. That's America-sponsored <laughs> communism, alright? So first off, straight uh, off the bat, but, not. But, so then wait, when... he builds houses for poor people and sells them at an affordable price. Those people, they get to reinvest each other, and when they put the money back in, that goes into everybody else's houses. That is nice. And at the end, Jamie, you know what happens? When the bank steals his money, everyone ships in. More communism. I think Chris Christmas movies are actually communist. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. My argument would be that movie, I assume, is set in like the 40s, 50s, something like yeah, that. Gosh. Yeah, when communism um, is cool. So, so, no, all I would say is all those people who got those houses in the 40s and 50s are absolutely right wing now. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. They do, not lo- they do not want those houses to be sold for an affordable price. Uh, they don't want any more houses to be built. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> I see your point. Love Actually, I... of course, famously yeah. uh, about David Cameron. Uh, I'm conv- I'm convinced yep. uh, it, it's just about oh, no, it's, it would have been Tony Blair at the time, wouldn't it? Oof, it is. De- Here's my thing. Would Tony Blair look at a photo of Margaret Thatcher and say, uh, did you get into trouble like this? Of course you did. You saw C. Minx. I don't think Tony oh, yeah, Blair had point. a photo of Margaret Thatcher in his office. Good point. Good point. Good point. I also rewatched that movie recently and um, I do still like that movie quite a lot. Yeah. But, but... Um, I guess I didn't remember how like, Three different plot lines all revolve around quite age inappropriate relationships. Like all the um obviously the uh Snape one, mm-hmm. uh the Alan Rickman one, all about yeah. him he's like he's like fifteen, he's got yeah. his young co worker. Then uh Colin Firth is like forty something. Yeah, forty something sexing up his his twenty year old maid who doesn't speak English, and then the one that I'm really surprised made it into that movie in a post Bill Clinton world the the prime minister having an affair with his secretary, and it's posed as like a really nice wholesome thing. Now, of course, in the movie, mm-hmm. Hugh Grant is is Drunk. a bachelor. He's single, yeah. so there yeah, is Jamie. a slight difference yeah. there. But I really. Do- I don't know. I don't think it's that wholesome to have a prime here's, minister having a, a sexual relationship with a secretary. You suggested these were age inappropriate. Okay. So we have to ask ourselves the question, what is the calculation? All right. Half your age plus seven. That is the uh, socially acceptable guideline. That, 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 is, much... that is the one you hear. That is the rule that's you the hear. That's the one you yes. hear. Of, obviously, by the t- you know, that's the, the socially acceptable thing. The realistic thing is, you know, you do you, but try and maybe it's a bit weird if you're like, below 20 and you're dating someone above 50. Okay, More so I, could, above I can 50. say Hugh Grant when 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 we're done, when did love actually 2003. Hugh Grant, Hugh Grant was 30. No, Hugh Grant was no. 43. 43 okay. when that 43. Uh, when that movie came out. Martin okay. McCutcheon Come on, come on. Uh come on. in 2003 uh would have been 27. 
Okay, 27. So, so 43, half of 43 is 21 and a half, plus 7 is 28 and a half. God damn it, Eat a right. dick! It's it slightly <laughs> edge inappropriate. It is just below the acceptability line. Let us go out into the streets and we shall set him on fire. Um, because, of course, Hugh Grant, no history of, of sleeping Ooh, yeah. with younger women. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, this so is think... news to us. It is news to us that yeah, Hugh Grant yeah, that is... may have slept with that uh, is women. True. Are there any other Christmas age. movies with a right wing bent? Uh, Elf, uh, of course. Uh, Big. I, I haven't watched a movie for a long I, time. I believe I, his Big Business Father wins, correct? Uh, uh, Elf I do Chris believe Love. so. I, yeah. I do have to say, Alexander, I did not think about this opinion at all before I expressed it. I just, I just, if I'm going on vibes. Ooh, I feel like it's ooh. very familial, traditional values, like socially conservative sort of vibes for Christmas movies, Whoa. which is interesting considering how much they are generally loved by left-wing well, meaning people. That, that is interesting. I, I will agree with you in the sense of the small C conservative or the big C conservative. Yeah. That they are inherently about family values. And even when it's uh, non-heteronormative, for example, in the recent uh, Happier Season, mm -hmm. it still conforms to traditional... Uh, it still conforms to traditional um, ideas like marriage, for instance. Yeah. So there's a proposal on that film. Um, it, yeah, so it's, I, it's very difficult to accuse something of being right-wing these days without meaning it to, without it associating it with a absolute abhor I, abhorrent evil i recognized I, this when i was watching oh, no, the, the west wing yeah. recently which like look we can accept aaron sorkin bit too much of a centrist for my liking but in 1999 messages of uh oh, reaching across the aisle working together and still having traditional american values while still being a democrat not really abhorrent views no. But when you watch it in 2021, the mm. idea, it's so idealistically pure and just does not hold any way to... Yeah. No, we need to cross the aisle, work with them. That's what the people want. Well, it's, it's definitely the interesting thing, right, about, about the West Wing is that obviously kind of getting produced at the tail end of the Clinton era. Clinton loses the... Uh, loses by the way, I'm only around about five seasons in, so if you're going to make it, don't reference anything no, from no, the I, last couple seasons. No, sure, I haven't seen the last couple seasons. I'm literally talking about like, at some... So I, all I know is like, in reality, Clinton lost um, either the... I think he lost control of one of the houses during that point. I think it might have been the, the yeah. House. Um, maybe in the Senate. Uh, but specifically, after the failure of the impeachment, the Republicans basically worked with him on some things. Uh, and yeah. not on others. So the Clinton era is sort of the last era where you had true bipartisan support on some things. That is in large part because Bill Clinton was quite conservative in many things we would consider nowadays today. But um, I, what I would say is this. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of like a very bad joke. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I will bite my tongue. <laughs> sure. Um, but, but basically what I want to say is like, I think it's, I think Christmas movies in general are often yep. small C conservative. Yes. Um, rather than SE right wing. I believe the yeah. Polar Express is fascistically right wing. <laughs> all right. You know okay, what? It's well, like, Jamie, if there's one Tom Hanks movie, it's most likely it is, of course, the insidious, the horrific You've Got Mail. All right. The movie that suggests <laughs> big business is always going to win. And this movie here, it suggests that big Santa Claus yes. is always going to strike you down, but, union workers. But of course, this, this movie doesn't have the additional message that You've Got Mail is, which, which is. Yes, big business may win, but as long as you get a good dicking, no one gives a shit. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, um, of course, yeah. Let's uh, let's dive into it. Let's let's hear yeah, about uh, the, your the your young fascistic ben themes. Shapiro has uh, <laughs> his big collection of uh, agitprop uh, on the anti-union worker, you know, anti-Santa -San Santa movement. Um, of course, 
he goes to bed. Uh, his father kind of is uh, walking back, I think, from maybe a church or something uh, with the, the his younger daughter. Uh, and kind of as he's dropping off to bed, he talks to his wife about the fact that his son no longer believes in Christmas, and it's very sad. He goes, "Oh, he doesn't believe anymore. He's a man now, but he's a boy, but he's a man." Uh, and also that point, he's you know, been uh, trying to infect it's, his uh, uh, his younger sister. Don't move anymore. It's just become a grim social realist uh, drama. Oh, I think I think we may have become extremely out of sync, stable. Alexander. Uh, we may need to just take a break while we sort out internet troubles. We'll be right back. One sec. Here's what I'm going to do, Jamie. Mm-hmm. I'm going to swap across to my... Uh, I am just going to swap across to my... Uh, Hotspot. And I'll use that instead. Hot so spot, yeah. hotspot, let's put on hotspot. Okay. I'm hoping that's just going to make this more stable. No, I just want to connect to that. Right. Uh, okay. Do we want to sync back up? Sure. Five elephants, four elephants, three elephants, two elephants, one elephant. Oh, no. I, uh... Oh, yes. Oh. Well, I, 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 I mean, I just got that clap uh, seven seconds later. Okay. Do you want to try one more time? Yeah, let's try it one more time. Uh... Five elephants, four elephants, three elephants, two elephants, one elephant. Ooh, two seconds later. Oof. Oof, bagoof. Right, no okay. interrupting Let, each other. Sure, we'll, we'll try and be good. The issue is when, like, it when it cuts out and you're like, I sort of need to continue. I think I need to continue talking just in the hope that it resyncs back up. So, yep, pretty much. That's, will, that's, will, that's the aim. Um, okay. Right. Uh, and we are back. Uh, Al having moved across the country. Uh, clearly Toronto's uh, Wi-Fi is um, significantly poorer than Vancouver's Wi-Fi. Um, it must be uh, due to all those cockneys just <laughs> chopping up all the Wi-Fi wires. That's how it works, right? <laughs> Yes, those sneaky cockneys. They just go and eat the Wi-Fi. All right, they just run around <laughs> and they just like get all that five G signal and they're like, nom, 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 give me five G. <laughs> all right, Jimmy. You know where else has bad Wi-Fi? That's right, the North Pole. All right, you know how you get oh, to North Pole. Great segue. The Polar Express. <laughs> At this point, the child is asleep. Everyone in his household is asleep, except for. There is a noise rattling in his radiator, and it starts going chugga 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 chugga. That's right. The Polar Express is outside. It's a big old train. It's magical. All aboard! Trail and train to the North Pole. Polar Express, one way to the North Pole. How's my Tom Hanks impression? Fantastic. That's the single <laughs> best Tom Hanks impression you've ever done on this show. So well done. 
All right. Uh, now give me Tom Hanks from uh, Castaway. Amazing, amazing. Uh, now give me uh, Tom Hanks from David S. Pumpkins. I oh, fuck. What was it? What's the thing he says? Oh my god. Uh, any questions? What? You got you went for that rather than I'm David Pumpkins. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah, that's the thing he does. <laughs> Oh dear! I, you know, I just I like to I like to call to the niche fans. You know, yeah. that's that's one for that's one for the okay. real real now, pumpkin heads. Jamie, so we're back to kind of the Polo Express. Uh, this train, of course. I want to ask you a question. When you think of trains, uh, what do you think of? Uh, you know, choo choo, chugga 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 chugga. Way too expensive. Should be nationalised. Those are those are sort yeah. of three things that come up. Interesting, Jamie. You know what I think of? fascists you know why jamie <laughs> what do people say about fascists they get the trains to run on time that's right and you know who else gets the train to run on time tom hanks in this movie re-cementing the idea that fascism is good and children should be indoctrinated in the fascist way okay okay uh, i i'm seeing the thread it's there it's clear in my mind okay. um so uh hero boy he gets on the um on the train yep uh and uh tom hanks he's he, well he obviously meets his his Fellow um, uh, train mates, the two only important ones are the uh, girl, who's the girl. Uh, she appears every now and then. And then there's that annoying little twerp who talks like this, and he's always talking really fast, and he's, he already knows everything about the train, and he knows which train we're going, and he knows what kind of train we're going, and where we're going. Um, and he's a fucking annoying little shit. Yeah, and Jamie, you know why the film expects us to hate him? Because he is physically inferior. He is wearing glasses. That means he is not like the ubermensch that is specifically the hero child in this. Josh Hutchinson, all right? We all look at Josh Hutchinson and we think that is a man, boy. That is a um, man, boy. Uh, uh, they then uh, slow down to stop um, uh, and they're all like, oh, I, 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 you were the last stop. What's going on here? And of course, they've stopped in the uh, poor part of town to pick up mm-hmm. the poor boy. Uh, exactly. This is all this but this is this boy boy's entire character he is poor um he is also played uh sa- sadly rest in peace uh by peter sclari this is our, our first um uh recording since uh his unfortunate passing uh well it's not our first recording it's our first recording in which we are mentioning him uh since his unfortunate passing uh so we will of course revel his fantastic motion capture and pointless performance in this movie as the pauper boy who doesn't even move that much why did they need a motion capture man for this um but the poor boy uh, doesn't decide to get on but then uh, he starts to run after it but you know mm. he's poor does he's not very strong he's got, he hasn't been fed for a while so he can't run very far yeah. so he falls over like a weakling um, um and so the hero boy yeah. pulls on the emergency brake exactly. and, and gets it to stop this this pure symbol of childish masculinity manages to uh, raise this child by the bootstraps by the sheer force of the fascist train uh, they make um, their way forward uh, well and of course I'm, I'm interested to hear yeah. your fascist take on um on the hot chocolate scene of course mm-hmm. we now get the the scene where um for a for a movie that isn't really a musical just has a music section and Tom Hanks can't sing, but the entire time he's just, all it is, is just them going, oh, hot chocolate, hot, hot. oh, we got it, ever, ever, never, ever, let it cool. And I'll tell you, I think the animation is probably the best part. This this is probably the best the animation gets of these waiters, like, flipping around with all their hot chocolate. But um, it's a very thoroughly confusing scene. This is the best scene in the entire movie, but it is also oh, yeah. not good. 
Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. Jamie, it's important for us to consider all aspects of chocolate when we are thinking about fascism, of course. Uh, when I go to my academic textbooks and we think of chocolate and fascism, we must think first of chocolate spread. Jamie, what is the world's most famous chocolate spread? Uh, Nutella. Hmm. Interesting. Nutella. Nutella. Made famously not with chocolate, but with hazelnuts. Yes. Interesting. It is actually a hazelnut spread. It was invented in World War Two as a substitute for chocolate spread because rationing was going on. Why was rationing going on, Jamie? I, I believe because of, um, you're going to say, the fascists. Exactly. Because of fascism. <laughs> all right? Because of Mussolini and because of Hitler. So when we think of chocolate, we must immediately think of fascism. So hot chocolate, in many ways, is a means of conveying fascism into the bodies of young children. Hot and piping. It must never um, let it be cooled. If the, pi- if the people's rage is allowed to be cooled, <laughs> they will no longer be amped up. They will no longer be willing to sit and board of this fascist reign. Uh, obviously, yes, if we uh, ever see chocolate, we do immediately think of the Nazis. So my advent calendar has been thoroughly depressing this year. <laughs> Just every morning, the first thing I'm doing is thinking about the Nazis. It, Jamie, um, Jamie, Jamie, it is important. The metaphor here is not specifically for Nazism. No, no, no. It is for the wider fascist ideology. Okay. Right? The, the, my, why, okay. I, I, will, I will choose. I will, I will for, for here on out, to be less specific uh, in, yes. in my fascism. More broad, references. more vague. That's how you get yes. a good take, Jamie. As vague as humanly <laughs> possible, but as strongly worded as possible. Um, so uh, they, they let uh, poor little boy on. Uh, they get all their tickets, uh, except one of the tickets goes flying out the window. Oh, no. When we get a four minute sequence with no oh God. music, just following this ticket, flying through the air and then and then going down and getting eaten. Oh, there's one bit that actually really annoyed me about this. Don't know mm-hmm. why. But um, in, in this uh, tickets adventures, at one point it gets eaten by a bird. It yeah. gets fully consumed by a bird and then choked out. And obviously, at that point, we see it and it's really wet and crunched up. It then yeah. falls in the snow and is immediately back to its regular form, completely dry again. Yes. Completely took me out of the movie. Mm-hmm. Load of bullshit. Um, but this ticket finds its way all the way back and nothing has changed. That's what I think mm-hmm. I hate about this four-minute sequence. It's a four-minute sequence where the ticket leaves the train and then yes. comes back to the train. Mm-hmm. Nothing changes. But yet, Jamie, everything changes. When we think of that very bird, Jamie, uh, for the fascist empire that was the Roman Empire, uh, what was their emblem that their standard bearers would hold on their their, their standard? Uh, oh. oh, I wish I paid attention in history. Um, it, was, it was a bird, right? It was a, it was a bird. I don't know what What's, kind of What bird. do you think is the most fascist bird, Jamie? Oh, probably an eagle. Exactly, exactly, Jamie. (laughs) So when we see this ticket, the opportunity for freedom, for economic liberation, uh, come up and it is eaten by a bird, but then it is reborn, fully, perfect, untouched and pure. We must think to ourselves that the transformative power used here, the suggestion that fascism, it will not consume you, but it will elevate you to greater heights. It is uh, rather, rather curious, I think not. You are are a genius, Alexander. I am continued uh, in my astoundment. Uh, your ability to connect every part of this movie to fascism. <laughs> um, um, so uh, the uh, ticket comes back in. At this point, though, Tom Hanks has found the girl whose ticket it is mm. and um, and she doesn't have a ticket. And mm. so he takes her to the back part of the train and the nerdy little kid just goes, I'm only going to push her off the train. D- absolute psychopath. Um, yeah. uh, but hero boy, hero that he is, spots the ticket. He goes to the back of the train, but the poor boy points up. They've gone to the roof. 
So, um, Hero Boy goes up to the roof and he doesn't find um, Tom Hanks. Well, mm-hmm. at least not conductor Tom Hanks. Which Tom Hanks does he find, Alexander? He, of course, uh, finds the vagrant layabout, uh, layabout uh, Tom Hanks, uh, the the ugly dark side of Tom Hanks, who uh, chooses to uh, sit on the roof uh, like a hobo making hot coffee all the time. What is the opposite yes. of hot chocolate, Jamie? Hot coffee. Exactly. Disgusting. Obvious. Ooh. Uh, I would argue it would be uh, cold <laughs> fuck. Come on, what's the opposite of chocolate? You can make a joke, Jamie. Come on, I know it's Christmas and you're all out of jokes, jokes, but come on, what's the opposite? Mustard, yeah, mustard <laughs> is the opposite of chocolate. <laughs> it's cold mustard. Um, uh, yeah, so he has a nice little chat about, uh, you know, the idea of believing in Santa. Obviously, the hobo doesn't believe in Santa. Um, at this point, it must be said, of course, that Tom Hanks is doing a, oh, let's let's call it not offensive, Boston accent. <laughs> um, because, of course, you know, that's where homeless people are from, according to a, Tom I Hanks. I think he's doing a New York accent. Isn't is he? it New York rather than, it I, might be New York rather than Boston. That's true. Um, um, uh, but Jamie, you got to think about this, all right? Uh, famously, oh communists. Uh, what did they say about God? You shouldn't have one, all right? The, the communists—they okay. didn't like God, all right. Yeah. Whereas the fascists, they believed that you should use religion as a tool uh, for elevating oneself, confirming that once again, this film is anti-communist and pro-fascism. Okay. Um, the uh, train then is about to go into a tunnel. Um, so, uh, the, the homeless, uh, Tom Hanks must get a hero boy up to the front so he can hop in the engine compartment, which he, uh, summarily does. Uh, we meet our first, uh, uh, the, the two train engineers called Smokey and Jerky or something like that. Um, Smokey and Jerky? Quite, I want to say it's something like Jamie, that. Jamie, they wouldn't name the character Jerky in a kid's film. Uh, Smokey and Steamer. David, because of course that's so much better. Um, and so uh, they have to quickly pull on the brakes to this train um, because they are heading for a uh, entire field of caribou. Is that what you call them? I think so. Rain, rain, reindeer, 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 moose, some kind of megafauna. You know, um, uh, and they stop just in time. Uh, they then learn at this point that one of Smokey or Steamer uh, makes a noise that sounds like a moose. Yeah. Yay! He makes the noise and uh, they uh, clear the fields uh, as we get the um, Tokyo Drift scene of um, Polo Express. Absolutely my favorite scene um, where they just skip. They, they have to get going because uh, the ice behind them is starting to break. So they get going again, but they're going too quick. There's no trails anymore. They're on ice and it's time for Tokyo Drift. Drift, 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 drift. And they, they're skidding all about the place, trying to aim for a, you know, this shit, you know, we've talked about this on this podcast before, you know, landing a fucking spaceship in a football pitch sized hole in the atmosphere. Football pitch is fucking massive. That shit's easy as fuck. This is a train going through a tiny hole in an ice cavern. So these guys are more impressive than the people in Apollo 13. That is my argument. What the shit? Okay. Uh, so, so other than the fact that Apollo 13 actually happened, and this is an animated movie, uh, sure, no, I no, agree. No, Al, it's, it's not animated. It's not animated, Alexander. This is specifically right, part of right. the contract. It is motion captured, which Jamie, means they did this. Yes, as you you are correct. They, they put little dots on the train, all over the train, so they can record the train's performance. 
Exactly. Uh, I did. Uh, one thing I forgot to say that I did find absolutely insane um, when talking about uh, the idea of performing with the, the motion capture stuff. Uh, Tom Hanks did say that this method of acting was a return to a type of acting that in films does not allow you to do and compared it to performing a play in the round. <laughs> Interesting. Tom Hanks huffed a little bit too much of his own juice on this one, I've got to say. <laughs> you know you know when Tom Hanks was doing the press for Electric City? Mm. And the, the vibe was clearly uh, just Yahoo gave me a bunch of money and you know what, I took it. Uh, yeah. I think this is much the same, that someone uh, just gave him, Robert Zemeckis, too much money. And clearly. Uh, high um, on their own supply, two Oscars, and the belief that a third <laughs> one was sure to come soon. Uh, for best animated movie, they uh, they pr- made this. Um, at this point, they go through the ice sheet and they uh, go to the top of a hill. They go back down uh, and they begin to uh, make their way to the North Pole. Yes, uh, uh, I believe at this point, Hero Boy does meet um, the puppet. The puppet. There's a Scrooge puppet. It's yeah. creepy. It's quite good fun. I quite like the Scrooge puppet. Again, Tom Tom Hanks does seem to be having a delightful time doing well, yeah. this. No one else is having a fun time watching it, but he seems to be having a great time playing all these different characters. Here's um, my thing. Um, I've yep. heard of uh, Tom Hanks every year as a charity fundraiser. Uh, he and a bunch of mates do a production of uh, like a Shakespeare play. And they basically mm. just, I think they just do like a rehearsal reading. It sounds really fun. That sounds really fun to see. You know, like they yep. barely need practice. They're all kind of just goofing about. I don't really yeah. like to watch that. I like Tom Hanks. It's a good vibe. If someone could get us tickets, I'd love you forever. I wouldn't necessarily put that in cinemas, you know? <laughs> Just Tom Hanks having fun. Yeah. Um, so yes, Jamie, they, they do, do you think Joaquin yes. Phoenix had fun while recording The Joker? <laughs> no. Oh, it is the greatest oh. movie of the last 30 years. <laughs> um... So, yes, they do now. We get a song from um, uh, the poor boy and the girl um, all about being lonely at Christmas. Oh, uh, and then they pull into um, the North Pole. And it was it's at this point, Alexander, that I really want to express that I had a fucking horrible time having to rewatch this movie. I, I was already, you know, a little bit bummed and stressed out because of things that are going on in the world. Uh, I was planning to watch it with my girlfriend, but my girlfriend fled to Scotland uh, to, to escape rising COVID cases, which totally makes sense. But it means I ended up watching it by myself. And this movie normally sucks anyway. In previous mm. years, I've said, you know, so bad it's good. You know, there's there's some fun to be had. But it was at this point when they were pulling in to the North Pole. And I've seen this movie twice now. I know Mm -hmm. basically nothing else happens in the rest of this movie. Yeah. Very little happens in the rest of this movie. And I looked and there was 45 Mm. fucking minutes left. 45 minutes. The first part before they reach the North Pole is fun enough. But the rest of this movie is absolute boring Mm. hog shit. And it's so long yeah. i honestly could not wrap my head round how there was 45 minutes left because i can tell you exactly what happens in the rest of this movie they get into town they get lost in a factory they end up in a pack of presents their presents gets lifted up santa comes to town they divvy out the presents to the kids and then they fuck off home and that's mm. it that's all that happens and it takes so long i'm gonna bring it up again we're gonna get mm like 10 minutes further in and there's still gonna be 35 minutes left and there's gonna be even less yeah. to happen in this movie and, and James, i was you know, furious i had a horrible time watching this do you know what makes it worse do you know what, what? makes it worse 
It's just the concept of Santa stealing all these union jobs, <laughs> all right? All these union jobs where people are making toys for all these kids. They do it in America. They make these toys. And Santa's outsourcing that to non-union workers in the North Pole, <laughs> all right? Who just make them for no money at all. What is this? It's confusing. Also, and I cannot stress this enough, at some point here, so they go through this, we sequence where the, the, they're about to go see Santa, but the, the back of the train gets loose because the sad boy doesn't want to go see Santa for some reason. It's never really Because he's much. poor and so he's sad and he does, Christmas doesn't work out for him. Okay. The train gets loose, they go down the hill. Eventually they end up in the kind of like manufacturing part of the town. Yeah. Where the Santa sack is. We'll talk about the sack in a second. Okay. okay. They then go and they see some elves and the elves like a ch- uh, someone chose them on the naughty list because they put gum on their sister's hair right before Christmas and they have to make a decision yeah. whether or not to um whether or not they want to to like stick him on still the give naughty the list. Gifts, yeah, give him call or not. This elf is clearly portrayed as Jewish. Um at least in the at least in the sense that they're giving him like a Yiddish accent. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like a very like New York, Brooklyn, like Jewish <laughs> thing. Yeah. This is confusing to me. Because it implies one that there's not just cultural <laughs> homogeneity in the North Pole, which is kind of weird. Like, I'm, it's, I really appreciate that there's like diversity amongst these all white elves. You know, that's <laughs> great. Sure. And once again, not one black elf. You know, okay, sure. All the elves look the same, but fine. Um, but, but look, I think we that, have to accept but, like, that the it, slavery aspects of these elves might become even more worse. uncomfortable. Yeah, sure. yeah, I, I will, I will accept their decision to make these all white sure. elves. But here's why I'm confused. If Santa is real in this universe, one must assume, as a Christian figure, so too was Jesus. And so yep. too, if Santa is real and could do all the magic in this film, that the film also, you know, kind of by association implies the divinity of Christ. Mm-hmm. If that is the case, then why is there a Jewish elf? I'm really confused about this. It makes look, no sense. Every look, year I watch it, and every year I'm so confused as to why it look, happened. He's, he's just culturally Jewish, and he has been reformed by the beauty of Santa. So, are we assuming that, uh, not even Jesus, just by Santa, he worships the altar of Santa, which I appreciate, but are we to assume that uh, elves too are immortal and that the Iself was around before the birth of Christ and then converted after the birth of Ooh. Christ to worship Santa? Oh, well, well, I guess there you go. There you get an interesting question, because if if Santa is immortal and the elves are immortal, does Santa therefore predate Jesus? That, that, when when did Sa- did Santa just come alive when people started to celebrate Christmas, the, or was Sa- was Santa laying dormant until people finally discovered the word of Christ? Now here's the thing, Jamie. If we assume this is set in the same world as the uh, the the, the J.R. Tolkien's Middle Earth, uh, then yep. we can assume that we are now in the age of man <laughs> and that the elves. <laughs> have become diminutive over time. <laughs> so there were any elves that didn't travel over to the Undying Lands, but getting small over time. And when Jesus Christ was born... <laughs> now, now, now mortal, Alexander, Alexander, what you have now put in my head is in a Lord of the Rings universe where we've got all the same elves and then there is one extremely Jewish elf. <laughs> just hanging out with the rest of them uh and honestly i think that would have uh would have improved it greatly um he's fantastic jamie yep. i don't have a problem with the jewish elf but i would like this jewish elf to help out with hanukkah all right this is all i'm saying <laughs> all right if this film is confusing it's very weird 
Yeah, um, he should be. He should be. You know, checking in on all the the Jewish boys and girls, making sure they're yeah. they're no, naughty. If there was nice. one menorah in this film, it'd be a lot better. All right, let's let's, let's have some representation um, in this Christmas movie. No, but but to be fair, Al, you say that about every movie. Every week, I just hear you go. If there was one menorah in this movie, it'd be a better movie. Um, so. Uh, yeah, they're they're in the the factory and uh, they end up falling into the sack of presents. Um, oh, wait, 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 let's checking... talk about the sack. Let's talk about okay. the sack. Jamie, here's the thing about this animation of this film: the faces look terrible, but actually a lot of the, the a lot of the kind of movement is actually really fluid in it. Yeah, one such fluid movement is with the sack. The issue with the sack and the physics of the sack is that the there is a kind of uh, well, let's be frank here: it looks like a giant red testicle. Um, and a giant uh, red I, testicle I would say that is, that is a fair, fair representation, yes. <laughs> yes. It's a children's movie. They couldn't have picked something that looked less testicular. Like, what is this? I mean, I, it's, this doesn't even fit I mean, the fascist Al, thing. It's just it's disturbing. It's a sack. It's, it, it's in the neck. You want a sack to not look like a ball sack? I hate to break it to you. Your testicles look like a sack. There's very little they could have done there. Uh, you know, they they stopped short of making making it have a little bit of fur coming off of it. <laughs> um, uh, I, I, what I'm saying is, you should take your mind out of the gutter, Alexander. Uh-huh. This is a wholesome uh-huh. children's no, movie. There's no, nothing wrong right. with the the giant flying sack. I, I should focus uh, more, rather, on how this film fits into J.R. Tolkien's *The Lord of the Rings* uh, <laughs> and Middle Earth in general, and why specifically um, there's one Jewish elf in this world and why is he in charge? <laughs> um, so the sack gets lifted up. So again, now all that is left to happen in this movie. Mm-hmm. Is Santa comes, gives his gifts, and then they go home. There is still 35 minutes left in this goddamn fucking movie. And I watched those 35 minutes and I don't understand how it was 35 minutes. I just don't. The the pacing of this movie is so fucking weird. You're already basically at the very end of Act 2. And this Mm. is a 95-minute movie. At the very end of Act 2, or even like probably like midway through Act 3 at this point. Yeah. Like... How, how how are you have you still got a third of your runtime left um anyway uh so the sack gets lifted up um they find the annoying kid in there mm-hmm. uh he's being annoying little shit yeah the sack gets flown into the christmas square it gets caught on the star but a bunch of elves do some skydiving tactics to mm, save it interesting jimmy a paramilitary Hmm, interesting. Santa has a paramilitary <laughs> used to enforce power over this homogenous uh, workforce that uses slave labor. What is this? And and as he arrives, and I don't didn't remember this. Yeah. As he arrives in chorus, all of the elves, and I beg you to look this up because I'm not going to be able to represent how haunting this is yeah. with no music. All of the elves in chorus sing a slowed down version of Santa Claus is coming to town. And I did not remember this. And I was watching this being like, how the fuck do I not remember all these elves going, Santa Claus is coming to town. No. All in chorus. Jamie, I want, I want to, here's my thing. I want you to know, and I want the listeners to know, that I'm really, 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 really loath to justify anything about this film. Okay. But, specifically the context of the thing, they start off singing it at a more normal speed. 
The hero boy looks over at the reindeer and sees the bell fly off the reindeer in slow motion. So it is that the scene itself <laughs> is also going in slow motion while I go slow, rather than trying to freak everybody out. I agree okay. it's creepy, but there that, was a reason in the text. Okay, that does make more sense. The elves themselves, you know, in universe, <laughs> the elves are not singing slow motion. But no. I'm still having to listen to them yeah. singing in slow Jay, motion. Jay, and dinner says, you have to, of course, when you watch this clip, remember it this way. It's Jamie, very sad, sitting by himself, <laughs> presumably having a peroni, in slow motion. Santa Claus is coming is coming. You can also imagine me having recently watched Finch and cried. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's another thing you can add to this image. Just remember um, that. Remember that somewhere in the distance, Boris Johnson is meant to be making an important decision, but instead is having wine and cheese, okay? Oh, and it makes it God. all worse. This is the context oh, in which this film don't, must be genuinely, Don't get me distracted. I will just spend the next hour angry. Um, <laughs> instead, I'll be angry about this movie. Um, so, yes. Uh, yes, the bell is flying through the air because um, the boy doesn't believe in Santa and he can't see Santa yet. Yes. And the bell isn't ringing. Mm-hmm. And eventually he goes and he picks up the bell and he shakes it and yeah. he finally goes, okay, fine i believe and then he can hear the bell and he can see santa and santa is like hello boy what the fuck is up i'm not giving you a gift i'm wait i am giving no, wait he is. he give the gift jamie to? jamie i want you to think about this dear listeners okay i know we talk about this every year if the film has one logical person who should get the first gift of christmas is it the rich child who chose not to believe in santa claus is it the leader girl who manages to lead them out of disaster? Is it the annoying boy? Or is it maybe the poor child who believes that Christmas is never for him? Who should get the first gift of Christmas, you might ask yourself? Who is most deserving of this gift? Of course, it's the rich boy who's in believing Christmas. Yes, yeah, yeah, of course. Dick. Yeah, and he gets given a, just a bag full of dildos that he walks out with Megan Trainer with. <laughs> um, yeah, so he gets the first gift of Christmas. Um, which I think is just the bell. He just gives him the bell, doesn't he? Yes, but it's belief, Jamie. It's it's belief. Oh yeah, the, the idea belief. is that he's giving him the it's belief. It's a metaphor. Um, so Santa fucks off. Now, I think we have talked about this before, yeah. but this is fucked up, right? They yeah. get all of these kids together and they're like, we're taking you to the North Pole. Let's go, kiddies. And then he turns up for like 25 seconds, mm-hmm. gives a gift to one child and the other kids have yeah. to fuck off home empty-handed. This is... I, I've got to I'll give it to you again yeah. that's not communist that's no, not communist it's pretty, there it's pretty right wing that Santa believes that some people are worth more than others uh, that it's a doggy dog world and only the one hero child conveniently a boy uh, manages to uh, get the first gift and everyone else worthless alright only the true believer who believes in his whole heart in fascism <laughs> shall get, receive the first gift of Christmas um, and so uh, they go back to the um uh to the train and at this point uh, tom hanks is the conductor we didn't say this but obviously on their um tickets earlier uh, he stamped like a couple of letters and as they're getting back on he stamps them again and they become words yeah. now of course we need to go through all these words because um some of them suck yeah. um, <laughs> mostly the poor boy who's been shat on this entire movie uh his one sucks so the first one is um annoying kid uh he gets learn i think he's covering up like a letter and it says arn or something and he goes arn i don't know what that means 
Oh, it says lean. Yes, it says lean, but he's very clearly coming up a middle of the word. Like, does he just think there's just a gap there? Like, what a fucking... Jamie. He can't see kids, very well. Kids right, don't blame um, the child. Uh, so he takes... Uh, and he goes, oh, learn. Okay, I've learned something. Apparently, I don't know what this kid's learned. Um, then I think it is the uh, the poor boy who gets a, a very special one, uh, which says depend on count on it's like one that changes but it says depend on and count on and and i don't understand what that means alexander what was what part of the poor boy's faults prior to this what like he didn't require to depend on anyone else he just needed money and resources and support I... from community I I think that's the 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 what it means. I th- I think it's that the but, boy. But so, uh, so I think it's uh, that the, the the boy because he's never had a good Christmas chooses not to depend or count on anyone else, and that he would rather be he'd rather not be disappointed. So he'd rather not depend upon other people, lest he be disappointed. And I think the implication is that you need to depend on other people. It's not a good message. No, it's not. It like like it's a message that if only poor pe- poor people don't he- they don't accept help. That's why they have bad lives because they refuse to let other people help them. It's horrible. Um. Uh. So yeah. Apparently he's learned to um just accept help like a dickhead. Um. Uh. And then hero boy gets believe and I can't remember what does the girl get? Oh lead lead. lead. Yeah. yeah. She confused it with lead. Uh. But it's lead. Um, because of course she's, she's the actual hero of the story. Uh, they get back in the train. Uh, hero boys lost the fucking bell because he's got a hole in his jacket. Moron. Um, they make it all the way back home. They drop the poor boy off back in his own poor neighborhood off to have a Christmas by himself again. So he's not being helped in any way, shape or form. He's being given the most, um, uh, symbolic of gestures with no practical, actual help. Yes. Uh, and what's more Jamie, fascist than that. He's <laughs> learned how to pull himself up by the bootstraps. All right. What better lesson could uh. you teach a child to fish? No, wait, give a child <laughs> a fish. You'll eat for a day. Teach, give, a, child and teach fish, a child to fish. He'll yeah. open a fish shop. All right. And uh, be able to and, live for years. And instead just, Tell a child that he should learn to fish and see what happens. <laughs> no, tell a child to learn to fish and you'll feel good for doing something for others. Uh, so um, they make it back home. Hero Boy wakes up the next day and uh, he's got a present from Santa. The parents are just like, oh, that's weird. Huh? You've got a broken bell. Oh, well, uh, because they don't believe, but the children believe. And so they can hear the bell. And there's the end of the fucking movie. Ugh. Here's my thing. Yeah, we've talked to like I, I, I've made jokes about this movie being right wing. I don't think it really has a political bent. What do <laughs> you think is this movie is maybe not designed to have been watched this many times? And no, I know, I know that there are people who love this movie, specifically Grace Cowie, you know, beloved friend of the pod, uh, loves this film. I think unironically, I believe. Um. Last year, here's the thing. First time round, felt like a fever dream. Last year, I went, do I actually like this? This year round, I've come all 360. I was on the plane. I was watching it late at night. I feel very confused by it. I feel... um, It feels bizarre. It is bizarre. 
Um, <sighs> there are better Christmas movies. And every there year, I... Tom Hanks comes back to me. And I wish he would make <laughs> just one more Christmas movie so we could watch just one other Christmas film. But instead, we rewatch this nightmare over and over again. Um, I, I do have a pitch for what we should do next year, which would Hit mean me. I don't have to watch this fucking movie. I, I just want, I want to, I'll let me finish my thoughts on the movie, sure. then, I'll, then I'll give our pitch. I, I've, I've already said it, I had a fucking miserable time watching this. And it really, like, I, obviously, going into movies with the right sort of environment and mindset for the kind of movie that you are watching is important. If you're extremely like bummed out and that, or if you if you're like really tired, you're not gonna watch like an engaging political thriller. Uh, and if you're really need the shits, you're not gonna watch a movie about food. I don't know. Uh, going into a movie in the <laughs> sorry, okay. if you really need the shits. You're not going to watch a movie about food. <laughs> Jamie, I hope you would take a shit. <laughs> well, yes, precisely. That's my point. You wouldn't watch a movie about food in that situation. You'd probably go for a shit. <laughs> oh, dear. Jamie, this is the that... 21st century. You can watch a movie while you shit. <laughs> yeah, but then you probably definitely shouldn't watch a movie about food. There you go. Still works. Um, uh, so yeah the point being that i know that i was not watching this movie in ideal circumstances and i have enjoyed this movie before but goodness gracious it was just a horrible experience watching this movie i really i can't express it i think it might be the worst experience i've had watching one of the movies for this podcast just simply because it was so it was only an hour and 40 minutes 45 minutes no hour and 35 minutes Hour and 40. Hour and 40 minutes. That's not that long for a movie, but it just felt so fucking long. And I looked it up. I know why this movie feels so fucking long and nothing happens. Because it's based on a book that's 28 pages long. Of course it feels fucking dragging on when you're trying to stretch that out to an hour and 40 movie. And this movie clearly has its ideas in the Mm. first hour. And then it just fucking runs out of them make it an hour and 25 minute movie you fucking cowards it costs you a billion dollars to make all this cg anyway why not just budget cut and make it a bit shorter you dickheads like i i genuinely think i would feel so much better about this movie if it was just like 15 minutes shorter if it was a little bit leaner and you could enjoy the silly aspects of it a little bit more but my god you really have to be in the right fucking mood to watch this movie because not only does it make it drag on you notice all of the flaws in their absolute bare face horribleness and then you come to the end and you're like well no one's actually fucking learned an important lesson here Mm -hmm. like none of the all of the messages like it's not even a good christmas movie for the idea like i wouldn't show this to any kids because i don't think a kid should learn what the kids in this movie fucking learn (laughs) Like, so who the Unless fuck is this movie for? your children become fascist too. Do not exactly. let them watch this movie. So, uh, I, I we'll go through our ratings in a minute. But sure. to cheer us up, Al, I think yeah. what we should do next year is play the Polar Express video game. <gasps> there is a PS2, GameCube, and PC video game released in 2004 alongside this. I'm sure we could find an emulator for it. And I'm certain that I would have guaranteed a better time 
playing through that video game oh. than uh, than than watching this fucking movie again. So here's the thing: I'm very keen to play through the uh, entirety of the Polo Express video game before next year. I think that sounds great. Uh, what I will say uh, is this: um, there are other Christmas movies, specifically It's a Wonderful Life, really long and feels long in parts. But, importantly, the ending is so fantastic that you don't mind. Because that last bit is brilliant. And it makes you cry. And you go, life is good. Life is beautiful. It's a wonderful life. Uh, all of the fun films. And because of that, I, I, it pays off. And the payoff here just isn't good enough. And I, and I get that. And Jamie, yeah. I'm really sure it was a terrible experience watching it. But I had a lovely experience sharing with you today. So let's Aww. talk about uh, our, our ratings of this movie this ratings. year around. Yeah. Uh, let me see if I can find where we uh, if I can find where we put oh, I don't have the numbers down for last uh, for what we did last year unfortunately uh, I can tell you what we gave it first time um, where the fuck is that on uh, so uh, well, fucking hell I don't even have your numbers for that did my 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 uh, spreadsheet is is falling apart here um, I apparently gave it a two I gave oh. a Tom Hanks a four uh, and and a three on the Tom Hanks dick meter I think this year in terms of the film itself, I. What other things have I given a zero? Um, in terms of Tom Hanks's career, I've given The Circle a negative number. Ooh. I've given Ithaca a zero. That movie Ithaca did was bad. suck. Ithaca um, was bad. Uh, Maybe sorry, and I've given Radio Flyer a zero. I also Ooh, didn't no. enjoy that. And I gave Love Boat a zero. Okay. You know what? I think this is worse than basically all of those. I'm going to give this a zero. I I I I think there are some actually quite mean zeros in there. Um, so yeah, so I'm going I'm going I'm going to make ones. Yeah, I'm going I'm going to I'm going to give this a zero. I I had a fucking horrible time watching this. Here's here's what I'm going to say. Uh, I think we are both. Re- it's not even necessary that we're reviewing the movie in 2021. It is that we are reviewing the experience of watching the movie in 2021. And not just watching it in 2021, watching it for the third time. Watching it for the third <laughs> time in the midst of a big wave of COVID. And all of the, all, that is the context, and I will agree with you, that at this point in time, what we need is another Paddington movie. We don't need, we don't need the Polar Express. Watch Paddington instead. I will agree with the one this year round. Uh, one year this year round. Uh, Tom Hanks, um, I've got to be honest. I... <sighs> I think I barely noticed Tom Hanks in this movie, which yeah. is bonkers because he plays like five different characters. But I don't mm. know what it was about this year, this time round, because I was just clearly not enjoying it. But I think he needs to be. This is a crazy thing to say yeah, for me. the characters that he he plays in this movie. I think he needs to be bigger. Yeah, I think he needs to make it even more over the top and absurd to 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 get some. He's clearly having a good time and and all power to him. But I think he needs this. What this movie needed was was Tom Hanks playing every single role. Think that genuinely would make it better, would make it more absurd. And with that, just lean into it. You are making an absurd movie. But I don't think they, I don't think they realised they were making an absurd movie. They really thought they were making a wholesome Christmas movie, uh, and they failed at that. Mm. And therefore, they failed at making an absurd movie. Um, no. So I don't think Tom Hanks was great in this. What are your thoughts? Here's my thing. I think uh, I, I agree in the sense of his father Christmas is as though uh, Tom Hanks is in a Ken Loach movie. All right, it's just it's just such heavy social drama uh, that I just I'm just not a fan. I think it's uh, this year around. I agree. Like I, I noticed it maybe less than I have previously. I didn't like that the conductor was bald. 
that made me lose respect <laughs> for the character. Oh yeah, I forget about that. He, he he's wearing a hat the whole movie, and then at yeah. some point he takes it off and he's balding. No, I don't like that. It's a three. A three for Tom Hanks. Um, I think I'm giving a two point five. I, I I think which is sad, which is bonkers because I've given him a four before, and it's the same fucking performance. <laughs> uh, and the Tom Hanks dick meter. Um, you know what? I'm. I, I normally we talk about his characters in this, but I'm giving him a five this year for being in this movie and enforcing this hell on me. Um, I'm also going to give it five. Uh, you know, I just. Look, again, I cannot stand by Tom Hanks' characters encouraging fascism in children. All right? <laughs> it, it's anti-worker stance, this film. I I hate to say it, but guys, I think it's time we cancel the Polar Express. Uh, pl- does that mean we, we can stop doing this? <laughs> because that will be fine with me. Um... God, we're gonna we're gonna do the video game next year, and then we're gonna come back to it the year after. And I'm suddenly gonna love it again. I'm, the the pandemic's gonna be on. You know, we'll at least be in in one of the the waxing part of the the rather. Oh no, the waning part rather than the waxing part of the pandemic that's still going on in 2024. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, obviously we end on. Uh, is this going in your fucking hangs bank? Um, not this year. No. No, no. Not this year. Uh, have, have we ever put it in? Uh, I definitely didn't last year. Me, I might have done last year. I put it in in the first year I watched this. I put this in my fucking Hanks bank. Mm. I can't believe that. I genuinely can't believe that. Never watched this movie more than once. Please, I beg you, dear <laughs> listeners, watch this movie once while drunk in a good mood. And then please, I beg you, we do it so you don't have to. Never watch this movie more than once. Uh, here's here's what I'm gonna pitch. This movie, yeah. and I, I mean this a hundred percent. There are this movie should be like an Emma Rice play in London. Okay, it should be a like big stage done at the Bristol, not done at the Old Vic, whatever. Done at the National Theatre. They spend a shit ton of money on it. This really cool train effect. I don't care what it is. It and do be they so still, much more fun as a play than it is? As do a they movie. still have like a Tom Hanks esque actor? Multi-role no, they have Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is okay. In it. Of course. Yeah, I want to see Tom Hanks. <laughs> of course, what am I talking? I mean, he did say that it was like performing in the round. So yeah. fucking do it, you coward! You yeah. fucking wuss. Step your shit up, Tom. <laughs> um, we God, love you, I, Thomas. I, 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 I don't know. I, I, normally, I quite like dissecting these movies uh, and 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 tearing them a new one. But I have to be honest. Like I was doing fine for the first like forty five fifty minutes, but much like this movie itself, <laughs> the back third has really wrecked me. I'm so miserable. Now. Jamie, I know what the turn was, and it's when I mentioned Boris, and I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry, mate. So, uh, it's just so, just the thought of him alone has ruined I'm, my evening. I'm gonna mention some things you like that aren't oh. COVID and that aren't Boris. Alright. Go for it. You ready? Go. Arsenal. Yeah, that's going well at the moment. Arsene Wenger. Yeah, I'm gonna watch his documentary this uh, this Christmas. A nice cold Stella Artois. Ooh, could have chosen a nicer beer, but I'll still take it. Socks. I do like socks. I am a fan of socks. You know what? This time of year, though, I do need some slightly thicker socks. I normally wear bamboo socks. They're not warm enough this time of year. Watches. 
I do like watches. I need to fix many of my... Most of my watches are broken at the moment. <laughs> I need to fix like eight watches. And I've been putting it off. Consuming objectively too much chicken. Oh, oh now you're getting me. Now you're, oh, now you're warming my cockles. Christmas cards. Oh, I do like Christmas cards. Has my, has my, did my Christmas card arrive to Vancouver before you left? Here's my thing. No, but there's been a lot of delays because of flooding, so I'm sure it will be ah, coming. When good. I'm well, well, you can you can have a you can have a delayed Christmas uh, greeting. I've I've done quite well this year with my Christmas card. Uh, I'm I'm pretty happy with it. And, and anything else? Oh. Yeah, one final one. Uh, re-listening to this podcast as you drift <laughs> gently to sleep. I need to make it clear that I do not do that. Um, so when we don't put something in our Hanks bank, um, we do present something else that is going to, uh, I don't know, we're AIs now. Why are we doing this? We're doing this. Uh, uh, if you want to hear what's going on in the world of the lore of this podcast, listen to it last week. But we're going to present something else instead of uh, the Polar Express because no one should watch it more than once. Um, Alexander, what what are you going to present? Uh... This year, I'm going to present uh, my family being able to travel <laughs> in the brief window between all the shit uh, and managing to get all their ETAs uh, and managing to come across the world to see me. Uh, this will be the first time my family has been together in two years, uh, so I'm very glad it can happen, even if we are stuck in the house uh, all Christmas. Um, very, very good. Um, and I, Alexander, I, I, I know we didn't... Um discussed this before you you made your grand life events recently but um uh, i would like to present this uh this week my permission for you to marry <laughs> thank you sir i think i think i think you've got a good one there so so look after her because if you don't alexander i'll when it's legally and don't require isolation possible i'm gonna fly over and fuck you up <laughs> Um, and so with that, we are done once again for another Christmas. Um, as people know, we, we are now on a more sporadic uh, release schedule. We obviously had Finch last week, so you got you got you got a nice little burst of us over this festive period. We hope you um, have had as nice a festive period as you can. Um, we're, this will actually be releasing after Christmas, so we hope everyone had a lovely Christmas, uh, as I'm sure Al will have had uh, with his family. Um, reunited once again uh and we will probably see you in a few months i think we're, we're waiting for the next uh tom hanks or um Anne hathaway release if those are not forthcoming ah we might just go back and review bosom buddy season two again or something <laughs> so see what i would like to say is therefore we will see you when we see you um so uh, any more for any more al before i let our dear listeners away to their uh leftover turkey and trimmings Here's what I want you to do, guys. I want you to go out there. I want you to go to iTunes. And I want you to give a five-star rating to Bosom Buddy Season 1. But only <laughs> a two-star rating to Season 2. <laughs> all right? That's right. I want you to fuck with their metrics. I want you to make them understand that they screwed with us. And they should never have cancelled that show. It was the pinnacle of all television. Nothing has been ever since the same since. People often gesture to The Sopranos and to Breaking Bad as the golden age of television. They are wrong. Television has been going downhill ever since in season two. Tom Hanks and Peter Sclary stopped wearing drag.
All right, that's it. That was the <laughs> death of culture. Uh, so do that, and maybe give us like a you know. I think you can give us a rating now on Spotify. So if you're on Spotify, give us a five star. You know, give us a little five star rating on Spotify. Do it, do it, you cowards, do it. <laughs> uh, and so from me, Jamie, and my co-host style, that's one more app in the bank. Hot, 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 cold mustard. Hot, 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 cold mustard. Hot, <laughs> hot, hot, cold mustard. Blank's bank. <laughs>